Hi, and welcome to episode 13 of Joyful and Hope. I hope you had an amazing week, and I hope you were able to spend time with God and spend time in the Word. Remember last episode, we continued our discussion on the fruits of the Spirit, and we focused on goodness. Remember, we talked about how God shows His goodness to us on a daily basis, and not just through material blessings. We see it in the world, in nature, the air in our lungs. We have to make sure that we don't always put goodness with worldly possessions. We have to make sure we realize that the goodness of God is much more than that. We spend time looking at several stories in the Bible and finish with the ultimate showing of God's goodness. And that was him sending Jesus down to take on our sins and free us from darkness. You know, my last thought on goodness was making sure we show those around us the goodness of God. We could do so by spreading love to our family, friends, and even those that drive us nuts. Remember, we are the hands and feet of the Lord, and it is our job and duty to act out those behaviors while we are here on earth. You know, no one ever said it was going to be easy, but if you're following Christ and you're in the Word, then you have an obligation to do so. Remember, the solid prayer life, a focus on daily readings of the Word, and making sure you surround yourself with fellow believers, you can be well on your way to showing the world the goodness of God. Now let's continue our discussion on the fruits of the Spirit. This week we're going to talk about the power of self-control. And we all know there is a definite power in many things if you exhibit self-control. If you're enjoying the podcast, please like, please subscribe, follow, whatever that website says to do to stay in the know about the podcast, please do so. Give us a five-star rating. We love five-star ratings. And don't forget, tell friends, tell family. Maybe someone's been down lately and needs words of encouragement or a good laugh. Let them know about the Joyful and Hope podcast. All right, enough about that. Let's get on with our next episode. I'm Stephen Warniak, and this is my podcast, Joyful and Hope. Okay, well, I only get to do this two more times, so here we go. Everybody, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Well, Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. No, I can't believe we're down to our last two discussions of the fruits of the Spirit. You know, I pray you're growing and learning as we walk through this journey together. I know every week we discuss one of the fruits of the Spirit. I become more convicted and truly realize how much work I have left to do in all these categories. And that's okay. You know, some of them I do very well. I do a nice job. And other ones I just have a very difficult time. So as I pray for everyone listening, please also pray for me that I continue to do better and grow in the fruits of the Spirit. I really need those prayers. You know, this week we're going to discuss self-control. You know, don't tell me you don't have an opportunity with this behavior, as I think all of us really do. So what is self-control? You know, as we've done this series about the fruits of the Spirit, we started with some research about the topic and kind of looked at what the world defies that behavior as. We also looked at the biblical meaning of the behavior and then looked at several stories from the Bible that kind of pull everything together. So what is self-control? 
the ability to control oneself, controlling one's emotions and desires, controlling behaviors in difficult situations, showing restraint, exhibiting willpower, keeping your composure, doing things in moderation, keeping your coolness or temperament, or showing restraint over your own impulses, emotions, or desires. I think it's such a great topic as we deal with self-control on a daily basis. There are so many things throughout the day that require us to exhibit this behavior, you know, especially being a follower of Christ. You know, I have to be honest, I'm all over the place with this one. Some things I I exhibit great self-control and do a great job. Other things, like my midnight snacks, I struggle with. You know, I was thinking about this. Getting up early for me has never been an issue. I know some people have a hard time getting up at 5 or 6 a.m. I've always been disciplined when it came to being on time, you know, for work, you know, making sure I allow myself enough time before I have to arrive for my shift. Many times I'm up so early that I have, you know, half an hour to spare before I arrive to work or even have to leave the house. I know this takes discipline and willpower for myself to do this. I have to make sure I'm up at a certain time so I can go through my morning routine and feel like I'm 100% ready for the day. If I ever oversleep or run late for work, it throws my whole day off. I really feel like I'm never 100% ready for the day then. I think that's part of the reason that this area I've done so well with and you know made it a focus in my personal life. I've shown great self-control in that area. Now, another area that is not good and I have a hard time with, going to bed at a normal hour, whatever a normal hour is, and getting enough rest. You know, anyone that knows me or is around me or has even tuned into a couple episodes of the podcast knows that I'm in love with two things in my life, my beautiful wife and a fresh cup of coffee. (laughs) And there's a reason why I rely so much on coffee. I don't get enough sleep and it's not good. I chuckle about it, but it's not a good thing. You know, I'm in this vicious cycle. I work, I come home, spend some time with the family and the kids. And then after they go to bed, I feel like I need to do a million things before I can go to bed. And I feel like I don't accomplish anything if I don't do so. So what happens is my wife and I get the kids to bed and then we do what we call the regroup. Let's regroup, do some chores or activities. And then we have our late night snack and sit down and watch TV. You know how this goes. You put on the TV, you have your snack. A couple hours later, you realize you've fallen asleep on the couch and it's the middle of the night. You should have just dragged yourself to bed and gotten a proper night's rest. Now, I do still get up early and that's no problem. But getting through the day without multiple cups of coffee, that is a struggle. You know, this is one area I need major focus on and truly need to be more disciplined and show self-control. Then Let's think about it. Do I really need the midnight snack? No. Do I need to watch another episode of House Hunters? Yes. I mean, no. <laughs> it's interesting, you know. It's innocent enough behavior. I'm spending time with my wife or watching a little TV and having a snack. But it really can have a negative impact on the following day. My wife and I are constantly texting each other by mid-afternoon saying, Hey, are you exhausted? I'm exhausted. I'm beat. I need a rest. Time for a nap. You know, we've been working on this more lately and we've told each other that you know, we don't need to stay up late every night. Uh, we pick one or two nights a week that we stay up, watch a movie, have our little snack. And, you know, I think that's more than enough. So, yeah, this is one area that myself and my wife will be focusing more on 
immediately. Now, one area I've done well on is making sure I get my workout in. For me personally, I need to work out at least five to six times a week as it truly helps me personally. It helps me with my energy and it helps to take some of the stress away. You know, now I wish I, I looked like I worked out six days a week and maybe that ties in with the lack of sleep and some of those midnight snacks, but we won't go there anymore. Uh, but in all honesty, this has come easy for me. I enjoy my 30 minutes of quiet workout time. You know, I've made it a focus that no matter what has happened during the day, no matter my schedule, I'm going to find some time somewhere to get my workout in, even on vacation, even on my honeymoon. Yes, I made sure I went out for a run on a daily basis or did some kind of physical activity. Like I said, it just truly grounds me and it helps me be more centered emotionally. You know, I do believe God gave us our bodies and we should be focused on taking care of them. Like I said, this area I have very good discipline on and I show self-control. I make sure I get that workout in. You know, even when my mind, it it says those things, hey, one day off from working out, that's not going to hurt you. Take a couple days off. You deserved it. You worked a long shift today. It's been a crazy week. The kids have been nuts. You go relax, go lay down. I still drag myself into the workout area and make sure I do some kind of physical activity. Let me pull back for a moment. You know, I could type for days about areas that I have shown good self-control in and other areas that are an issue for me that are embarrassing. Now, I promise I'm not going to do that. We would be here for hours, but you know, I'm having fun and kind of looking into things. So let's do a couple more. You know, growing up, I was thinking about this. I enjoyed all types of music. I didn't care if there was cursing in the music or what the lyrics said. If it had a good beat and it was, you know, what everybody else was listening to, then sign me up. Well, fast forward a few years later down the road and, you know, we had our first child and my wife and I were making a conscious effort to be more on the word and we wanted to attend church more on a consistent basis. We grew up with God and we needed to get back to our roots. You know, I realized I needed to limit or stop listening to secular music as a whole. Many times the lyrics and the message, they're far from godly. You know, I noticed that many songs started actually bothering me as the images that they portrayed were not lining up with my beliefs. This was difficult because I love being part of the new music scene and what's hot and what just came out and what friends and people are listening to. I always like dancing and always enjoy driving around the car listening to the new hot songs of the season and listening to everything that everybody else was enjoying. You know, but I knew for myself and for my children that that could not be the case anymore. You know, I had to align myself with the guidance of what God wants and listening to inappropriate music is not it. You know, I look back at my old music catalog now and downright embarrassed to share with others, you know, what I was listening to back in the day. You know, but I have grown spiritually since then and I have matured since then. You know, my wife might not think so. I, I have. You know, this is still an area that I struggle with and it can be difficult as friends and coworkers will, they'll mention a new song or a new group that's out and tell me that I, you know, it's hot. You have to go listen to it. You're going to love it. I'll go download the song or listen on my car ride home. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And no, 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 no. This isn't what I want to be listening to. You know, I ultimately need to stick to my Christian channels and my Christian playlist. This is a difficult one in our worldly climate that tells you to listen to whatever makes you feel good. Let go, lose control, enjoy yourself. It's just a song. It's not going to do anything. You know, still these songs paint images in my head that I do not need there. You know, I've come a long way from where I was and 
I'm not saying all secular music is bad or don't ever listen to it again. I'm saying just make sure you are aware of the messaging behind the music and what they might be representing because it truly might not be what you want to be part of yourself. Okay, I have two more examples and that's it, I promise. You know, going along that theme of the music, what about movies? You know, similar to the music scene, I used to be a movie buff. My friends and I would typically go to a movie almost on a weekly basis. Remember when they were actually released into a movie theater, not just for a download? You know, I enjoyed all types of movies, action movies, comedies, your rom-coms, <laughs> cartoons, Disney, Pixar, you name it. I was there. I loved it. Give me a bucket of popcorn. My friends were at the theater. It didn't matter what we were watching. I was into it. But what I noticed over time was as my walk with Christ grew stronger and deeper, and he became a bigger focus of my life, that these movies actually started making me feel uncomfortable and they gave me a feeling that I literally shouldn't be watching them. You know, this was kind of difficult for me at first as everyone around me was still watching those movies and asking me if I wanted to go see the latest movie that came out. You know, I've done better with this over the years with my self-control and the help of my wife. She never was quite the movie buff I was, so this has helped out a lot. You know, now we're at a point that we've cut a majority of the shows out that we probably normally would have watched. And we're much more selective about the movies we take in. Like I said, this has taken self-control and discipline, but it's something we've worked hard on and focused and gotten much better at. You also remember a line my mom used to say quite frequently, garbage in, garbage out. And I think some of that is true. You know, you can't take in all these movies and all these shows and not expect it to have some influence on you. You know, I also think for my wife and I, it's become even more important, you know, raising three kids under the age of 10. We're always double checking what they watch and screening it before they view it. Again, you have to have discipline and focus. Remember, we talked about this earlier. We do not always have to partake in what the world says is cool or trendy. That's not our job as a Christian. We have to follow the straight and narrow path, which many times the world's going to say isn't cool. But you know what? We're going for much cooler things, and that is life on earth filled with Christ and a life in eternity with Christ. And that is much more cooler than seeing that latest movie. I promise you that. I also guarantee that cutting some or all this worldly entertainment out of the way will not hurt your journey at all. It's probably going to actually help it. You know, my wife and I have said this many times to each other. Instead of watching the two-hour junky movie, we could spend two hours reading our Bible, reading a book, spending time in our devotionals, spending time with each other. Imagine that. You know, there are so many other ways we can redeem our time. Okay, last one, I promise. How about controlling your words or emotions? Oh, yeah. I think this is an area that I see many people have a hard time with, especially controlling your words. You know, it seems like now with social media and everything being recorded, people are okay with saying, hey, whatever's on my mind. They forget words hurt. And even if you apologize for saying them later, you still said them in the first place. You know, there are so many good Bible verses about this. and. Here are just a couple. Proverbs 16, 24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Proverbs 15, 4. Gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 18, 4. A person's words can be life-giving water. 
How about James 1.26? If you claim to be religious, but you don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. And Psalm 34.13, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Those are just a couple of solid Bible verses about the power of words. You know, I've been guilty of this multiple times. I've gotten upset. I've lost my cool. I said things that, you know, after I said them, I literally looked at myself and said, you idiot, why did you say that? You know, I saw the hurt I caused someone after I said those things, and I had to apologize a thousand times over because I hurt someone so badly and it really bothered myself. You know, as hard as our flesh loves to do what it feels, right, man? I mean, if you're feeling it, you're hot, you're in the moment, you're going to say what's on your mind. And how about the people, the world around us? You know how it is? Well, I'm going to tell them how it is. They just have to deal with it. Gee, I don't care what others think. I'm going to say it. I can say whatever I want. No one's stopping me. Oh, yeah, that's fine. No one's stopping you, but you're still going to hurt somebody. No, I'm, I'm not saying we can't be honest or hold others accountable or have a mature adult conversation. You need to have those conversations. But bashing people, lashing out in anger, swearing, saying hurtful and kind things, it's going to make the situation better. It'll most likely make it worse and just cause others, including ourselves, more time and pain. And you have others that just say, that's me. That's who I am. I have no problem telling people like it is. Or how about when they, you know, swear, you got people that say, you know, the F word every other sentence. I can't help it. The F word's just part of my vocabulary. Really? That's what they taught you in school? Here's the word and, the, it, and the F-bomb? Come on, it just takes discipline and self-control. And it's hard. I, I, I get it. It's hard. I used, to, I used to swear a little bit back in the day myself. I'm much better now. People are like, do you ever say anything like a swear word or inappropriate? No, because I try my hardest not to do that. And I've disciplined myself not to do that. You know, wouldn't we be all better off if we controlled our words and if we're becoming upset or frustrated with someone, then we step back for a moment and gain our composure before we address the situation? I can promise you it'll be better for everybody that's involved and the outcome will be much, much better for all those that are part of that situation. Well, that was a few examples of self-control that I have either struggled with or have had some success in. You know, the more you try to have self-control nowadays, the harder it seems. The world we live in tells you to live a life focused on me. Do what feels good for you. Do what you want. It's all about your happiness and worldly pleasures. Just think about it. You want to eat healthy. You want to exercise. But every restaurant you go to is promoting an extra large portion or an extra portion. Take it home for a snack later. Want a faithful relationship with open, honest communication. But every TV show and every movie you watch depicts bad marriages and relationships that are boring and they're not fun. They highlight the secret relationship or the affair as the exciting, fun time, and they make the solid home life seem boring. A lot of today's hit music and pop music promotes multiple relationships or encourages moving from one person to the next because of this reason or that reason. Try to have self-control on your screen time? Good luck. Your smartphones know what you like. They know your interests. And before you know it, you get pulled down the rabbit's hole and several hours go by and you get, you get stuck. You didn't even know how you lost track of time. Binge watching TV. Binge this show. Binge that show. Before you know, all your time's being dedicated to binging TV shows instead of doing other things. 
I know certain friends and family, they got 13, 14 different shows they're following. What do you got time for anything else? All you're doing is binge watching TV. How about circling back with controlling our words? Just spend time on social media and many of the videos that have the most views highlight people telling people like it is, telling people off, going in a restaurant, screaming in somebody's face, throwing something at somebody, speaking their mind, encouraging you to say whatever you feel. Don't be concerned about others that are involved in the situation. I'm a little fired up. I could go on and on with that because it's all that's out there. That's all that's being thrown into our face all the time. And isn't it the devil's plan? The devil doesn't want us to have self-control. He wants us to live a life for self instead of others. He wants us distracted and to be worried about satisfying flesh instead of having a relationship with God. And he doesn't want us to learn how to control those temptations. If we have no control and indulge in anything, everything that our flesh says we need to do, then the devil wins. He has taken our mind and focus on what should be number one in our lives, which is God, and puts it on things of the world. Remember, this world and our worldly possessions are just temporary, but God and eternity, that's forever. So I suggest you be wise and seek guidance, especially from Jesus, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And in the world we're in right now, you 100% need it. All right, let's take a quick pause and get ready to look at some scriptures about self-control. So what does the Word of God say about self-control? Well, right out the gate in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Right there, self-control. One we've talked about before, Romans 12.1-2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you might discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. 2 Peter 1, 5-7 For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, Godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. How about controlling your emotions, controlling your anger? We talked about that earlier. Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. Don't do it. Proverbs twenty nine eleven. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quickly holds it back. Two good verses about anger. How about temptation? 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. But God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. So you might be tempted, but it's not going to be beyond what you can handle. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you might be able to endure it. How about 1 Thessalonians 5, 6? Therefore, we must not fall asleep like other people, the other people of the world. We have to stay awake and stay sober. Last two, Proverbs 25, 27 through 28. It is not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. In 1 Timothy 3, 2 through 3. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, 
not given to drunkenness, don't be violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. You know, these are just a small sample of amazing verses I found as I was studying self-control, temptation, and anger. Like I've suggested in weeks before, go ahead and do your own reading. Find your own plan out there to study, you know, the scripture that touches base about these fruits of the Spirit. You know, what area is most difficult for you when it comes to self-control? Pray, meditate, and read what the Word has for guidance so you can start improving and becoming more focused on the only thing that truly matters, and that is our Lord Jesus. Now, lastly, let's take a look at two biblical stories that highlight self-control. How about the story of David and Saul? You know, this is just a brief recap of that story, but Saul was the first king of Israel. He was tall, he's handsome, strong, and skilled in battle. People loved him. But as Saul became more powerful, he became more concerned with pleasing people. He started disobeying the commands of the Lord. God would eventually send a prophet to tell Saul that the Lord had rejected him from being king over Israel. The Lord then anointed David to be the next king. Saul would be in an interesting situation. He's still king, but without the Lord's blessing. Now, moving forward, David would defeat Goliath and eventually become more successful in battle than Saul. People were saying that David killed 10 times the amount of soldiers in battle than Saul did. Saul became so mad, he made multiple attempts at killing David. You know, it got so intense that David ran for his life and Saul would bring up an army of 3,000 soldiers just to hunt him down. Saul and his men were marching through the wilderness trying to find David and ended up going into a cave that David and his men were also in. Saul was going to the bathroom and here's David's chance. Saul doesn't even know he's there. He could have easily killed him, no problem. And why wouldn't he? This guy's been chasing him down and now he has 3,000 men looking for him. You know, he thought about it, but he only cut a piece of Saul's robe off. He did not take matters into his own hands. David knew God was in control and Saul was still king and he would not disobey him. Another chance would come up while Saul was sleeping. Again, David showed restraint. He could have easily went over and taken care of business but he showed self-control. It said that he actually felt guilty that he dishonored the chosen king. Yeah, the chosen king that's trying to kill you? Talk about self-control. You know, eventually God would reward his self-control and he would become king. After Saul's death, he became king and held the throne for 40 years. And right here is a great example of self-control and how God rewards obedience, patience, and control. We struggle with controlling words or a little anger. Imagine if you were in David's shoes. Be honest, how would you do in that scenario? I don't know if I would have done as well as David did. The last story I want to look at is the Lord's temptation from Satan, found in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, Mark 1, 12 through 13, and Luke 4, 1 through 13. This is a brief summary I've got here of that story. Remember, after Jesus was baptized, he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit only to be tempted by Satan. Jesus would end up fasting for 40 days. This is when Satan approaches him and says, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus responds to scripture and tells Satan that man does not live by bread alone. Satan then shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and says they are all under his control, but he will give them to Jesus if he falls down and worships him. Jesus hits him again with scripture. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. 
Lastly, Satan would take Jesus to the top of the temples in Jerusalem and tell him to throw himself off the rooftop. The angels will protect you. They'll save you. Jesus hits him again. Deuteronomy 6.16. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. At this point, Satan realizes his temptation and trickery would not defeat Jesus. So he leaves and the angels would come and assist the Lord. This is big. Satan tried to derail the plan of God and he tried three times to get Jesus to sin. This is true. The devil is always tempting us and fighting us. I find it interesting that right after his baptism is when Satan decides to tempt him. And I've been through this before many times on my journey, just when things are going good and I hit a stride and everything seems to be going smoothly. The devil loves to you know, come and try to knock you down, tempt you, make you go down the wrong path and ruin your plans. The devil ultimately wants to lead us away from God and he was trying to do this to Jesus and he's always trying to do this to us. But just like Jesus, we have the word of God to defend us and to stand on. And Satan knows he cannot defeat that. This is why he eventually stopped his tempting of Christ. If we feel the temptation, if we feel our self-control is being tested and pushed to the brink, then we have to do the same thing. Pray and meditate on God's word, knowing that God wins the battle and he is helping us win the fight. Amen. And praise the Lord. Like I said, we could spend days and days discussing self-control and how it affects all of us. Some areas we might do well in and others we just downright struggle with. It can be more difficult nowadays with the devil using everything and anything to test our self-control. You know, there is temptation literally everywhere we turn and there are distractions in front of us 24-7 every single second. Even the internet and our social media feeds can become an addiction and take a lot of self-control to pull away from. You know, remember, the devil will hit us from every angle and try to get us to slip up or make a mistake. Just like he tested Jesus. Again, like I said before, Jesus used the word of God as his rock and his weapon against the devil. And we need to do the same thing. If we could do that, we can win and the devil will lose. And amen to that. You know, I truly hope you are enjoying the podcast. And we're almost done with the Fruits of the Spirit and that power series. After we finish up the Fruits of the Spirit, we're going to talk about Easter and what the real meaning behind Resurrection Day is and what it means for us as believers during this important season. If you're loving the podcast, please let us know with a kind review. Give us that five-star rating. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow the podcast so you can get the latest episodes right when they become available. Let your friends and family know about the podcast as well. I pray you have a blessed week, an abundant week, and a God-filled week. Until next time, I'm Stephen M. Warniak, and this is my podcast, Joyful in Hope. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you.